podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Phillips Laven of the 1012 Podcast here. Have you been listening to this show for a while and thought, you know, if that guy can do this, then so can I? Well, you're, you're probably right. And it's worth giving a shot. The one question you're going to ask yourself is, how do I get my podcast out for everyone to listen to on iTunes, on Spotify? Well, you're going to need a hosting site. And if I may make a suggestion, go with Anchor. It's easy and it's free, which is great for podcast hobbyists uh, who aren't exactly expecting this to make a lot of income, especially starting out. Anchor is fantastic. Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need in one place. It has the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And when hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your show on listening platforms like we mentioned Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And again, it is totally free. It's fantastic. It is what we use. And if it's what we use, it's what we're going to suggest to others. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, that is the Anchor app or anchor.fm to get started with your podcast. Welcome to the 1012, the podcast that covers all 10 teams in the Big 12 Conference. I'm your host, Philip Slavin. Thank you for joining us on this Monday. Uh, joining me today, as he will throughout the entire college football season, barring something, uh, my good friend Andy Metz. How's going? Doing well, sir. Doing well. Um, I got I to be perfectly blunt right now. Um, we've put out so many episodes the last couple weeks between realignment podcasts all of our uh, sell me on episodes, of which six we have already gotten through. We've got we've got two more to do. We've got West Virginia and Baylor, which will be coming out over the next week. Um, those have been doing great. I thought those have come out really, really well. I would suggest you listen to them in order because there's some sort of like we we talk about information as it comes out through each one, so it's really interesting. Obviously, we've had all our realignment pods. Uh, we did our last position group ranking. Like we've been cranking out so much content. We launched the network. So we've got all these different shows. It's just there's just so much going on, but we might be a little light tonight. We might just have a short show because I, it's not that there's not a lot to talk about, but there's also like I don't I don't know how to keep having the same conversation that I'm having like every single day. It's actually kind of funny because you say that, and like people may be looking at this, and it may be a 50 minute episode, and like what the hell are you talking about, Philip? But that just <laughs> might be that we're that good at stretching it. So we're gonna find out. Like we don't have a whole lot planned for tonight. Like if you look at it on on the list of op, of things to go down, but but these could turn into some pretty long conversations depending on how deep in the weeds we get. So, I I do have a bachelor's in fine arts, which is essentially a degree in bullshitting. So see, and uh, and I have a bachelor's in mathematics, and so that means that I can get really down to the nitty gritty. So so we could so we could bullshit not, wait, a wait, whole wait, bunch wait, of wait, stuff. Hold up, hold up. How are you not our stats guy? I don't know how I'm not your stats guy. Why, I do stats at my online? normal day job all the time. And so when I want to relax and talk sports, I, I don't want to jump in and do the exact same thing that I'm doing at work, but in a sports context. So I prefer to let other people do really, really good stats work. And I will 
get a whole bunch of conclusions off of it and talk about a whole bunch of it and understand what they're talking about and try to translate it so that most people can understand what all the stat stuff is. So, fair enough, fair enough. Um, okay, so let's let's go ahead and get the realignment conversation um, here at the front because that is that is going to continue to be the topic until games start. Now, granted, once we get to like the actual for week leading into it, we're gonna we're gonna focus on games at week one. I'm very excited for all of that. And we have a, we have a lot of fun things coming up in the next couple of weeks and, and announcements and stuff that I'm I'm very excited. But for today, let's focus on the latest news in realignment. That, of course, is the report. I believe the Athletic had first on Friday. Uh, nothing like a good Friday news dump um, that yeah. Pac-12, Big Ten, and ACC are reportedly engaging in high-level discussions about an alliance. Um, talks have centered around not just a scheduling alliance in football, but in, in a broader cooperation, a cooperation, uh, according to sources in three conferences. Um, that would be the three commissioners um, having conversations already for several weeks. So as we've talked about through realignment, like it's not just that the eight remaining schools were caught off guard. All of college athletics was. All the conferences were. Everybody was caught off guard. And then we can talk about what this means for those three conferences, for these big tools. But for the remaining eight schools, I I don't know how many times. I think we've been saying this since the very first Realignment podcast episode. There is no guarantee that the solution for the other power conferences, the ACC, the Big Ten, and the Pac-12, is expansion as a way right. to combat what is happening in the SEC. There is no guarantee that they are going to add teams. We can talk about why they should or shouldn't or who they should or the benefits of adding this team or that team. That's all great. But there is no guarantee that they're going to add teams. And look, this is similar to the Big 12 commissioner and the Pac-12 commissioner having uh, a first date or uh, a meet-cute or coffee or whatever you want to call it being very exploratory. I'm, I'm sure this is very exploratory as well, because this is a having three conferences unite in some form to, to combat the mighty SEC, um, you know, similar to the end of, of spoilers, uh, Endgame, when you basically see all the Avengers assemble in, in an attempt to fight Thanos. Um, we can talk about which conferences. Okay, which if, if you haven't seen that yet and you really needed a spoiler warning there, that's on you. <laughs> I've been waiting. Okay, I haven't had a chance. I've been very busy. Um, uh, even during COVID, I didn't have. Look, if it, if it um, came out during all this re- realignment news, <laughs> then then I could understand that. But yeah, no. Anyway, yeah. Um, but like, I, I know it's not this. This information is not does not make you feel good if you're a fan of the eight teams remaining. I, th- I think that's my biggest takeaway. It doesn't because it it really does feel like all right. Well, we're going to go do this thing over here to battle them, and we don't we don't need we're good. We don't need your help. Like we're going to go handle this on our own. Um, I'm trying well, to think of other like pop culture I don't, references I don't know to that use this here, but I couldn't think. Really oh, concerns me though. I mean, can we get the Lord of Rings here? Are we getting it was man and the elves? Um, was it the, would it be the dwarves? Would that be the other group that would be combining forces? And I guess the hobbits are just kind of left behind. I don't know. I'm not saying we're the hobbits. Although, come on, I would I would much rather be Bilbo than you know. Right. Right. No, but I mean, whatever. Okay. I mean, Phil, I, I don't. I don't know that I'm really culture reference. It's failing miserably. Yeah, I don't know that I'm really that concerned about this though. Like you, you, you mentioned that it doesn't make you feel good, but I don't know that it necessarily should make you feel bad either, because if you really think about it. What this is saying is literally that everybody thinks the SEC is trying to get too powerful. 
And so what they want to do here is make sure that everyone else is paying attention so that they don't get completely overwhelmed. Like this is, this is literally, well, I know I, I don't want to go there because I am not going to deal with all the nasty tweets, but there are various world history events where one particular group of people was getting way too powerful and everybody banded together to kind of put a check on that power. Right. I could give you some examples, but again, I don't, Way, way too many people making way too many bad comparisons that I don't want to actually throw one out there. But so it's one of those things where this is literally just everybody getting together saying, okay, what's the status here? What do we need to do? We were full steam ahead on this college football playoff expansion. We need to kind of talk about that. What power do we have as, you know, the three power conferences that are on stable footing that we know for sure are going to be here in the next five years, right? We need all need to get together and talk about what options we have. That's literally all this was like, this was not a, we're going to do a scheduling alliance so we don't have to add anybody. This is a, these are the people that we know are going to be in the room. You know, it's, it's, it's like if, if you're at a homeowners association meeting, right. And you have, you have a family that's getting ready to move out of the, of the neighborhood or, or potentially could be moving out of the neighborhood. If you're making long-term plans, have no idea if that person's going to be there. You're probably not going to be spending a bunch of time and effort talking with those people before they've made a full decision. So until we know what the fallout is from the big 12, whether this is, you know, the Big 12 completely dissolving, the Big 12 pulling some teams from somewhere to create something, you know, that's, you know, obviously isn't going to be as good as it was before, but is at least going to survive and be on, be at the table. Like, it just doesn't make sense for them to have high level or detailed discussions get too far down those sorts of discussions, bargaining and, you know, synergizing with an entity that may not be there. And so until the fallout from all of this is done, I don't expect the Big 12 conference to really have too many seats at any of these sorts of things because the big 10 has to decide if they're going to expand the pac 12 has to decide if they're going to expand ACC is not expanding because ESPN won't let them they're, they're not going to rewrite that TV deal. And there's, and so there's no way that the ACC is expanding at this point, but it's one of those things where there's so much going on. There's so much uncertainty surrounding the future of the big 12 that it makes perfect sense that they're not going to be at the table for something like this. Cause this is talking about what moves do we have in the next five to 10 years to make sure that the SEC doesn't completely take over. And that's all this is. Like, this is not ruling out any options for any Big 12 teams. It's not ruling out any options for the Big 12 conference itself. It's getting a head start with people that you know, that theoretically, you know you're going to be able to rely on in the future to help you get the goal of making sure that the SEC doesn't take over. That's it. Like, it, it sounds bad. There's all kinds of things that they could potentially be talking about. And, and of course, lots of things could come out of this that could end up being bad for the Big 12. But this news itself is much less a doom and gloom for the big 12 as it is. We're going to make sure that the sec doesn't drive everyone else into, you know, obscurity. So the scheduling Alliance part of this is the part that doesn't, but let's focus on it first. Um, if you are, do not follow him on Twitter at by Zach Miller, Z A C H M I L L E R. Um, we're putting out some incredible content around all this. What are the teams worth? What are the biggest brands of all of the teams in college football? Um, and you can quibble over some of it, but it's, it's really good. And he has some numbers and, and, and stuff to back it all up. But he also put one together. And I don't I do not do the math to understand all of these things with us, but this way, how much would an ACC, Big Ten, a Pac-12 alliance be worth? He, he did that. So he started putting the numbers together. Um, and look, it's not perfect because nobody actually knows what TV companies would say to this or how much they would pay for things. But when he ran through all the numbers and, and basically had the Pac-12, Big Ten, and ACC guaranteed to uh, to play each other in a, in a non-conference game that created like 38 games, um, 
it's nice. It could come out to roughly uh, $118.5 million annually. But when you divide that out among everybody, it's like two point, it's about three million per school, um, which isn't bad. But it's not. But it doesn't put you. It still doesn't put you on the level with what. If you add that to what you're making, the Pac-12 and the ACC are still nowhere near the SEC. Now the Big Ten's right. probably per school is probably that's that's probably enough to get them on par with what they're probably going to get from Fox when Fox just buys the Big Ten network all by itself and just owns the Big Ten the same way the SEC or ESPN owns the SEC. I think that's what's going to happen. I don't know, but that's my guess. Yeah. Um, I mean, that puts the big time on a similar footing, but the ACC and Pac-12 are, are, are no better off. I don't think this is about scheduling alliance. Um, could that happen? Yes. We've heard, you know, the Big Ten and Pac... I've seen some stuff about the Big Ten and the Pac-12 talking about it and, and how that could impact realignment. This is about ensuring that the SEC does not make all of the decisions. This is about the fact that Greg Sankey sat in a room helping to decide what the future college football playoff would look like while he was also planning and plotting to add Oklahoma and Texas to his conference and not have that announced until after right, ESPN right. That locked was, in the new like, thing. This is that, a direct, that's what this is about. Right. This is a direct result of Greg Sankey being one of four seats on determining what the proposal for the college football playoff was going to be while actively working to undermine one of the other members who helped put that together. Like, and so, so this is right. This is all, this is all a power play. Like everybody jumps immediately to scheduling Alliance because when we hear the word Alliance in the term of college sports, that's what we immediately think of. Well, but, but that's what we immediately think of because in the past, everything, when you're talking about conferences working together, it's about setting up like a challenge, like the SEC big 12 challenge in basketball or setting up some sort of scheduling arrangement between two conferences. That's going to be mutually beneficial. What people haven't really been talking about is all the other things that happen behind the scene. Like, you know, talking about the Big Ten Conference, the reason that those schools work so well together is because it's not just about sports. It's about the entire visions of those entire schools, right? The the, the same sort of thing happens with conferences. You know, all of the, the way that all of college football and all of college sports is set up is that it's a collaborative effort between a whole bunch of schools, which are all members of different conferences. And so when you get the conferences together, you essentially have the conferences acting on behalf of the schools you know, to try to come up with a system that governs all of this. Well, trying to avoid one conference commissioner in the SEC from being super powerful and wielding all the power that they do have because of the way that ESPN has pumped up the SEC football, like it, it takes a big effort. It takes a lot of work, a lot of coordination. And to be honest, the SEC doesn't have enough power on their own. Sure, they may have the TV sets. They may have, you know, the gigantic um, television media deal and all that stuff, but what they don't have is enough votes to decide what it is that they want to do, unless they're willing to break away completely from the NCAA. And I don't think that there's an appetite for that right now, maybe down the yeah. line, but not right yeah. now. And even if they did, the SEC probably wouldn't want to do it by themselves because I can guarantee you, they don't want to take 16 teams and only play each other and end up with half of the conference below 500 every year. You know, like, I don't think that Alabama would be very happy if they had a, you know, a seven and five year or something like that, or however many games they end up playing. But like, if they have a, a middle of the, the road year, people are going to wonder what's going on. Like you want to set yourself up. Like, and, and again, we might get there eventually if they if they turn into like a true minor league system or something like that. Who knows how this is actually going to evolve. But the way that it is right now, I don't think that there's any appetite for the SEC to break off on their own. And so you do everything you can to consolidate all the other power against them to make sure that they can't dictate what's going to happen. Even though they're going to be the the... You know, they're going to have the biggest me- the biggest media deal. They're probably going to be the richest schools 
out there, even the lower level ones, just because they're going to have so much money from that media deal. The Big Ten's not going to be that far behind, but a lot of other conferences are going to be a lot further behind and everyone's going to want, like really the, the thing that would worry me the most is if the Big Ten did not sign on to this. Like if this was the Pac-12, the ACC, the Big 12, and a whole bunch of the G5 schools trying to do that, then I can guarantee you that like we'd be looking at this and it'd be like, oh crap, the writing's on the wall. The Big Ten's going to do something drastic and the whole thing's going to get blown up. But the fact that the Big Ten is in this scheduling alliance with the other two major conferences that are left at this point tells me that they are very, very actively trying to make sure that we don't blow up the system, at least not yet. I mean, to, to officially call this an alliance feels a bit hasty. True, um, true. This feels more, I mean, they're, quote, engaged in high-level discussions about an alliance. And again, I think this is less about scheduling and more about, it makes sense. The Big Ten, and and look, we talk about ESPN all the time. I keep mentioning Fox because they shouldn't be ignored. Like, they're just like the good angel versus the evil angel of you know the evil devil of, of the sec like fox is doing its own stuff they're just not in the cross public crosshairs right now like it would make sense for the big ten to to to, to do this they already have a, a a kind of intellectual connection with the pac-12 anyways because the two conferences view themselves hot very highly from that standpoint right intellectual Right, they they partnered up basically when it came down to whether or not they were college football was going to be played. They thought that that it wouldn't, and then the other three all kind of, the irony of the Big Twelve being the the key piece that made college football happen because they joined the ACC and ACC, whatever. Yeah. Um, the ACC getting in on this makes sense because there's been too much. Look, no one's leaving the ACC because that that grant of rights deal is for way too long, but I mean. Clemson, Florida State, like if they could get out, they probably wouldn't heartbeat. Honestly, I mean, I, I think, you think I think, the SEC, like Florida, would complain about Florida State coming. Um, but if if the SEC wanted Florida State, Florida State would be there. If it, South it Carolina would be, a, might complain it would be about like Clemson, an A and M situation where like Florida yeah. could complain all they want, but I can tell you right now, eventually yeah, they'd fall a little in line. Bit, it's a little bit different, um, just because of how long Florida's been there. But I mean, if Sankey wanted it, it'll happen, right? And right. if the ACC. Clemson's the current flagship. Florida State's one of your blue bloods, and then you have Miami. And if Florida State and Clemson were to leave, you you you're the Big Twelve. It's eight leftovers right now. Right. Um. That that you can say Miami. Blah 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 blah. Yeah, it's a nice brand. It is, but Miami's never going to be the Miami of the eighties and and nineties and, and early two thousands. Yeah, it's just definitely not. not. It's not going to happen. That the the that. The, the, world doesn't exist in 2021 anymore it just doesn't so you're just gonna have to get over that they're never gonna be that again um they could have a good year they could have a they could bring in an excellent head we gotta get it over this 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 issue uh, real quick schools like that just same thing with florida state right now like there's a lot of things that go that happen and reasons that florida state's not good um if you get the right coach in there you can you can win like they did uh, oh, yeah. Miami's the same thing. If they get this right coach in there, but it's not, they're, they're not going to be back. Like this idea that they're going to be, go look at some of the old Miami rosters. Literally like their fourth string running, like their four deep at running back were all like NFL Hall of Famers. Okay. If you want to know how disgusting the rosters were at, at the University of Miami, that's not happening again. It's right. So, Miami so and Nebraska were the two, were one, were two of the biggest. Oh. Oh. people that benefited from no scholarship limits was that they could just stash a ton of talent on those rosters and they had well, tons of people. 
very different reasons. Nebraska had the walk on it. Miami basically could just keep all the talent that was right there, and it doesn't work right, that way anymore. Right. Um, it's just so many different reasons that those two programs were the way they were. There were very different reasons that are that are not things that exist anymore. Right. Um, so I, that's a whole different conversation. The point of all this is it makes sense why the ACC would be in on this with, with the Big Ten and the Pac-12. Is that this occurs. This doesn't mean the Pac-12 won't expand. I still think they're the only conference that makes sense as far as anybody actually expanding. I don't think the ACC is going to. I don't think the Big Ten has to. Uh, the Pac-12 probably should at least get to 14. I think it just it just makes sense. Whether they do or not, I don't know. Uh, we would all love to say 16 because that helps half of the eight left over. But I just I don't know if they grow at all. I don't know. There's again, we're not going to know this anytime soon. But the whole point yeah. of this this this, this, this quote unquote alliance that we're talking about here, um, fellowship of the ring or whatever you want to call it. There's my Lord of the Rings reference. Um, I'll find Game of Thrones in a minute. Just give me a second. Um, I, I realize it can't be Marvel because Marvel is owned by Disney, who owns ESPN, so we shouldn't use Marvel. We should use uh, Lord of the Rings. Or I would say we're, uh, we're definitely not using DC Universe, though, because... We're not touching that nonsense. That's yeah, garbage. That's, exactly. That's, they're they're going to fail. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, I don't know. I, it's just it's the latest news. I don't know. How yeah, it's, it's, like, it's one think, of those things. I think we've talked I, too much, like we're reading too much into this whole thing. No, I, I think it's it made big news because it was the next big realignment adjacent thing. But as itself, like until more detail comes out that is going to directly harm what the Big 12 is trying to do, like they were to say, we're not going to expand, like hard line in the sand, we're not doing it, um, you know, or something to that effect. I don't think it's really worth worrying too much about at this point. Obviously, you want to keep an eye on it. You want to make sure you know what's going on. And yeah. once the big 12 figures out what they're doing, there's an opportunity for them to jump into this. Like it's one of those things where it could potentially be, especially if it's not a scheduling Alliance, like we were thinking, and it's more of a power sharing Alliance inside the NCAA structure. But yeah, and, and until we get more details about it or something immediate comes out that actually says, this is going to harm some of your big 12 schools because now they're not going to have a spot. Like it, it doesn't really affect, I think too much of what the big 12 is trying to do right now. Um, I, I want to repeat that before what I said, before we toss to the next thing, um, at by Zach Miller, Z-A-C-H-M-I-L-L-E-R on Twitter, um, Zach Miller sports.medium.com. Go check him out. Um, he's been doing some fantastic stuff. Um, he's got a, a really good, which college football programs bring in the most TV viewers, uh, realignment stuff about the 12 and the sec like he's writing some really good stuff i'm going to try and get him on the show here soon um I, so I, I would i would suggest you go check him out read what he's got to write i think it's some really i think it's really interesting uh, just to promote somebody else um speaking of promoting something homefield apparel the most comfortable vintage college sports apparel you will find anywhere and i cannot reiterate this enough it is the most comfortable shirts you will find shirts t-shirts sweaters hoodies joggers um, they did put out Georgia, and it is now the second biggest Saturday they've ever had. Florida blew everything out of the water. Georgia came close to beating them, but couldn't quite. And the look, I'm not buying anything Georgia. There's some cool stuff on there. There is a Diamond Dog shirt if you're a Ted Lasso fan. That if it wasn't a Georgia thing, I would probably buy it. Also, the mm-hmm. fact that Homefield put out a Georgia golf shirt before there's an Oklahoma State golf shirt hits me right in the right in, right in the heart. Like really, just just twists that knife. But of course, they have Oklahoma State as well as Texas, Texas Tech, uh, Baylor, and Iowa State, and they have fantastic shirts for all of them. In fact, I'm going to do this right now. 
I don't normally do this, but I think it's time to have a shirt of the week, Andy. I think it's what I mean. picked one and said, this is our shirt of the week. And I'm going to go to Texas Tech this week. That's who I'm going to go with. Because if you haven't been to Homefield Apparel yet, yet, you need to go. And the first shirt that will pop up on the top left of Texas Tech here is the Tortilla Toss Texas Tech t-shirt. It is a tortilla with wings. It says Tortilla Toss. It is a gray tee. Okay. It says Texas Tech University on it. It is goofy magic. It is just goofy magic. We talked about tossing tortillas with with uh, with Albie Shore uh, when we did our Sell Me on Texas Tech episode last week. So go check it out. Go check this shirt out. When you do, when you check out, because you're not going to buy one thing, you're going to buy more than one, so you want to make sure you remember this. Use the promo code NETWORK12. We have a new promo code for us. It is NETWORK12, N-E-T-W-O-R-K-1-2, to get 15% off your first order. All orders of $70 or more get free shipping. Again, Texas Tech, Texas, uh, Baylor, Oklahoma State, and Iowa State are there. They are just a few of the more than 100 schools that they have. They're adding a new one every week with Big New Saturday Season 2. They've been adding some big ones. They added Texas. Um, I know there's another Big 12 school coming. I, I know when and who. I hate to tease you like that, but I'm gonna. Um, of course, they also have schools like Indiana, Colorado, Yukon, Bucknell, uh, IUPUI, Uwe Pui, uh, Western Michigan, uh, Rolling, or, or, I'm sorry, Slippery Rock. I have my Slippery Rock shirt. It's, it's awesome. So go to homefieldapparel.com. Promo code NETWORK12. That's new promo code. 15% off your first order. Be rocking the most comfortable vintage college sports apparel you will find anywhere. All right. Um, so by the time you're listening to this, the, uh, the first AP poll of the year for college football is probably going to be out. Coach's poll came out last week, and when I say the coach's poll is irrelevant, I don't mean that it's, like, not relevant. I mean, it, it is the dumbest thing in the world. It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't tell you anything. Most of the coaches aren't actually the ones even doing the voting, and none of them have, even if they did, none of them have any time to watch games from anybody other than themselves. Like, it, it's silly. It's absolutely silly. AP polls is a whole other thing. Um, but uh, but our good friend Nate Manzo at CFB Nate on Twitter uh, put together a recently. He does a composite preseason top twenty-five, which is really good. So he takes the top twenty-five rankings from the S and P Plus by uh, by Bill Connolly, uh, Beta Rank by at Beta Rank Football, uh, FPI from ESPN, and CFB Winning Edge, and puts theirs all together and and comes up with a composite ranking because I think I think it's a good composite because I think they all have strengths and weaknesses. Um, so putting them together is, is is smart. He had Oklahoma number two, Iowa State uh, number six in this, uh, Texas 12, <laughs> uh, Oklahoma State 20th, and TCU at 25th. And that, that feels, I, I think that's interesting. Um, I think it's interesting composite. And it got me thinking about the AP poll that's going to be coming out on Monday. And I feel pretty good that we all think Oklahoma is going to be top three. Iowa State will be top eight. Texas will be in the top 15, probably. 20 for sure. It would not shock me if they were like 15th. Um, and OSU might, most likely, will probably be in there somewhere. And as much as I love my Cowboys, OSU being in a top 25 and TCU not this season, like I feel like all, what is that, five of those Big 12 teams, half the Big 12 should be ranked in the preseason, man. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's one of those things where, and, and, you know, looking at this composite TCU sneaks in at number 25 down there. 
um, which I, I actually think is well-deserved. And I think in terms of what you're going to see from the pollsters, I think that Texas might end up being higher because everybody's bought into the Texas hype as they usually are every single year. And it doesn't surprise me that people seem to think they're going to be, you know, really great at the beginning of the year. And they don't necessarily live up to, to where everyone thinks they're going to be at the beginning of the season. But Texas, again, you know, even under Sark, under a brand new head coach, they're going to have that momentum for people to want them to be good. And so they're going to vote for them good when right now, honestly, the only thing that matters is your personal opinion about the teams. If you're a voter, like, yeah, you know, you could go through and you could try to run all these numbers and you could try to, you know, build what you think is the, the quote unquote right one, but they're going to be heavily, heavily weighted on what your personal opinion is of each of these individual teams. And so it's one of those things where I think Texas will probably be higher than they probably should be. Iowa state will probably get docked a little bit just because it is Iowa state. People still want to see Iowa state do it more than one year in a row. Um, and so like, I wouldn't be surprised if, Say, for example, something crazy happens like Texas gets number nine and Iowa State gets number 10 or something like that. Like it's going to drive a whole bunch of traffic. A lot of people are going to talk about it. And I'm sure that there's plenty of voters who could just can't in in their own mind grapple with the fact that Iowa State is probably a better team than Texas is this year. Um, and so it's one of those things where we're going to see a lot of weird stuff. You know, I'm seeing a bunch of other teams on this top 25. Like, I don't know that like. I think that Cincinnati will be ranked, but I wouldn't be surprised if they're in like the 20 to 25 range. I wouldn't be surprised if a team like Utah, who is down at 24 at this composite, isn't ranked at all because nobody really gives the Pac-12 the, you know, any any kind of credit at all, whether that's deserved or not. And so like, I mean, I could see a whole bunch of stuff happening here where it doesn't look at all like this. Me being a math guy, as we talked about um Earlier, you know, like I, I tend to lean a lot more towards these numbers because they do have a lot of predictive qualities. They do tell you quite a bit about what to expect. And yes, there's always some random variance. There's always a bunch of stuff happening that could make this look different by the end of the season. You know, there is a reason why we don't play the games on paper because some weird stuff can happen even if it shouldn't. Uh, but it is one of those things where for the most part, I would actually trust something like this a whole lot more than a bunch of people getting in a room and talking to each other and saying, well, I think this team's going to be good this year. So let's vote them in the top 10. Yeah, Brett McMurphy was of, of well, he was Stadium. Now he's Action Network, I think. I forget. I think so. Um, he put out his on Sunday. He he, he put his AP Top Twenty Five ballot because he he gets to vote. Obviously, the poll really, uh, re- released at eleven a.m. on Monday. Um, he had Oklahoma third, Iowa State seventh, Texas at thirteen, Oklahoma State at twenty three, and that was it from the Big Twelve. Um, I mean, that, that feels like it's probably what it's going to be about. It's something about it like that. Yeah, from four teams. Which, I, it's, I will stand it's by. Not I believe unreasonable to not have TCU down there at the bottom. Like, because I think there's a, there's probably a good ten teams that you could reasonably rank twenty five. And while I think that TCU is probably deserving of being in the top twenty five, just based on what they have and how they finished last season, I, I I don't think it's unreasonable to think that you still need to see something from them before you're willing to just lump them into the top twenty five at this point. Yeah. No, I, look, it, there's those. If you want to look at the variance. I always love going and looking at, at the different polls because they always put out like you can see how everybody voted in the AP Top. Uh, that's one of the things I love about the AP Top 25. You can actually see how how voters voted, how, what their polls were. And I know it's always interesting to see like the bottom five or six teams and the variance and variety of who's there. That's why I always see so many teams like in the RV section, like receiving votes. It's because there's just, there's just such a mix once you get to that point of like really – from 20 to like 30, 35, there, there's, there are 15 teams that should all be 
you could all be considered there. And it just is a matter of who have you paid attention to and, and what's your preference. So, well, and let's I, be I honest, that. It makes sense. there's a lot of voters that treat like 23, 24 and 25 as their personal. I want to throw props to this team, even though they probably don't really deserve to be here. Like, that's why you nope. see all the one, two or three points that they get yeah. at the very end there. This is Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I also hate Pitt, joined by my brother, Jeremy J.N. Fiend Phoenix. We are the Raspy Voice Kids. We do the Raspy Voice Kids podcast. If you love West Virginia University, you will love our podcast. If you don't care about West Virginia University, you will love our pop culture segment. It begins every single episode. You can join in the fun anytime, anyplace. Get at your boys. We were just like, guys, guys. What are we doing? Like here. Okay. Preseason polls are the fact that we do them is dumb, but because we do them, they should be treated with respect. Here's what I mean. I work in marketing as I've talked about, and I always tell all my clients, like if you're going to be on a social media platform, you don't do it just to do it. You need to do it with a purpose. There is a reason to do it. It's not just because everyone says you have to be there, right? These polls, whether they should or not, have influence. We decided that Indiana was really good last year because they beat a top a, a ranked Penn State team who at the end of the season wasn't ranked. Happens all the time. We make decisions about teams early in the season because they beat a ranked opponent even though by the end of the year that ranked opponent might end up being five and seven. But we determined that team was good because they beat them early on, and it's really hard to wipe that information from your brain. Indiana was a good football team this year. I'm not saying that they weren't. The point is that stuff has an impact, and and the the playoff committee, and we know it's all about TV and whatever, they can say that they don't pay attention until they sit down to do it, but they are influenced by just like all the rest of us are because we're human. So if we're going to do this thing, take it seriously and do it right. Rank the teams you believe are actually the 25 best, not just, well, I think, you know, Tulsa's bit is is 3-1 and one and they gave some teams a heart. They're not the 20, like, there's always those teams. And I, I hate picking Tulsa, but, like, it's an easy one that pops in my head because like, Oklahoma State plays them all the time. Like, they're all, you're right. There are those teams where I just want to, I want to make sure they get some credit. It's like when you see, like, Heisman voting or, or all-star voting. There's always someone you're like, who, who the, who, what? What are we doing here? Why are we doing this? Like, you, you mean like when Royals fans banded together seriously. to try to get Unieski Betancourt to the all-star game? <laughs> <laughs> Stuff like that That's happens it. all the time, I don't time, care though. if fans like, do it. I don't care if fans No, no, right, right. Fans, but fans but, but it is one want. of those things where, you know, I, I will, I will nitpick one of the things that you said, because you said, you know, you talked about how this matters and how, you know, you know, like all the TV stuff and everything. And, and that's where my biggest contention is, because we get, you know, into weeks two and three of the season or, or even, you know, four and five. A lot of TV schedules, a lot of placement for game time, a lot of things in terms of how your team gets exposed is based off of how good they think your team's going to be. If your team's ranked, I can guarantee you you're going to be in in a time slot where people are actually going to have an opportunity to watch it. And on a channel that people are actually going to have an opportunity to tune in and watch it if they're even remotely inclined. And so it's one of those things too, where, you know, because we're talking about how much TV numbers are driving all the realignment discussions and everything, it, it actually matters this year, like how much or who gets ranked, because I can guarantee you a lot of teams that are trying to figure out where they're going could use a bump because they end up being a good team 
But if people didn't think they were a good team at the, at the beginning of the year and they don't have an opportunity to play one of those teams that isn't necessarily that great, but people thought was going to be great to give them that, you know, PR boost, you could find a team like that buried because they never cracked the, cracked the top 25. And that's one of my biggest problems with doing it so early. It's actually why, like, I used to do a basketball poll over at Rock Chalk Talk all the time. Every single year we would do a basketball poll, and I would intentionally not start that until the week before Christmas because it gave you an opportunity to watch a month and a half worth of non-conference games to actually take a look at how good these teams are and then actually put some sort of reasonable ranking together based off of data that you've seen from that particular team. Not expectations of individual players and how they work together, which I realize that in, in the basketball sense, you actually can can tell a lot more about how good a team is going to be based off the collection of talent that they have. But it's the same sort of idea that there are always going to be things about teamwork, about, you know, the fit and, and a bunch of different things that come together that you can't look at a piece of paper and identify how good they're going to be until they actually get into a game setting. And so that's why I've always been a big proponent of if we're going to have these polls, we shouldn't do preseason polls. We shouldn't do a poll until week two, at least. Honestly, I wouldn't mind if it was like week three. And obviously that's a, a ship that's never going to sail because the media has to have things to talk about all the time. But it's one of those things where I don't think that people really should pay attention to the polls until we have at least a game or two under the belt of every single team that could potentially make it in the poll, because that's when you've actually seen them do something on the field. You've gotten more than just the practice reports. You've gotten more than just the scouting reports about individual players or things like that. You've actually seen these teams, how they work together, how they like to run their offense. You've actually seen them do something. And then you can make an informed decision about how good you think a team is going to be based on how they play against other people. And sure, you may have a team like Oklahoma or, you know, or, or I mean, name any team, a really good team that plays a cupcake in week one, and you're trying to base it off of that. And so you're trying to, you know, compare a 70 to seven win against a, a 65 to 13 win. Yeah, that sucks. But it, you can at least get a sense for how good the players look, how things are working together, at least base it on something. And so, I mean, I, I, I don't like to really give too much stock to preseason polls anytime I can, unless it's actively going to affect something like that opportunities for people to actually get seen. And that's what bugs me the most about the way the preseason poll is done. It's used as an opportunity for a whole bunch of people to parrot a bunch of teams that they want to parrot, whether they're good or not. Again, I'm not for preseason polls, uh, but they're going to happen. So if they're going to happen, let's take them seriously because people yeah. do and they do influence things. And the idea that they don't is ludicrous. Like they do. We've seen that they do. We know that they do. We know the impact they have, arguing that they don't and all this, and arguing that we shouldn't do them is silly too. Like, let's stop having arguments. Like, people who want to have debates about realignment that are like, well, they, you know, the so-and-so team should leave this power conference for this power conference. Right, stop. right. Don't come at me with, like, if we're going to have an argument about something, we're going to debate a topic, let's de debate a topic in the current reality that exists, right. not in the one that you think should be in place. Mm -hmm. Like that's not, that's not a, it's, it's a we're waste of my debating, time. I've got too much stuff going on. Right. We're not debating theoretical ideals. We are debating no. real world possibilities. Yes. And how do we make the best out of the situation in which we have, right? Like, I, I'm sorry that we're stranded on this, this deserted island and all we have is a spoon and a pack of gum. Yes, it would be nice if we had a, a boat. We don't have a boat. Let's stop talking about the boat and let's talk about what we have. So, uh, I think this feels like a good spot to to wrap up today. Let me say um, thank you, everybody, for listening. Do us a favor. Make sure you are subscribed to our show. Uh, leave us a rating and a review, please. Five stars if you don't mind. I do have a new review that I need to read, um, and I forgot about it, but I'm going to do it right here, right now.
right here. But I'm not doing that. God, it's one of those things. It's football season, and you know it is because I start doing things that I immediately regret doing here on the show and then have to stop myself. Um, while I pull this review up, because it's going to take me a minute. Nope, it's not. It's going to happen any second now. This is <laughs> such good radio. Well, I'm trying to pull something up because iTunes sucks so bad now. Uh, why are they changing things? Uh, thank you to the, the fourth Bash brother, left us five stars. Bring on Scott Moore. That would be um, um, Scott, who did our, our Sell Me on, on Kansas State episode, which is a great episode. Really enjoyed have, really enjoyed that one. Um, he's part of Bosco's Boys. Scott is the best guest you've had on in a while. He's a bit of a wild card, which is missed from your show at times, and I believe you do pass over and talk down to Kansas State more than you should. He also seems to be more realistic about his school than some of the other guests and hosts you have on who talk about their school. Um we appreciate all reviews, uh, whether we agree with them or not. We appreciate them. Um, I am trying to make sure we do a better job of covering Kansas State than we have in the past. I don't disagree. We it's not so much we gloss over them. I just I feel like we we don't. I've been trying to find a great go to Kansas State guest. I think Scott is a good one. I think we'll be able to bring him on more. That'll that'll certainly help. And if we can find a Kansas State show, we will add one, which will help as well. What I'm I'm looking. Um, so leave us a rating, leave us a review. We'll read it here on the show. Make sure you're, uh, you follow us on Twitter at 1012 pot network oh, man. at 1012 network. We make sure that we tweet out every new episode from every show on the network throughout the week. I know I've, it's just, it is what it is. Um, every show, uh, I know beginning of the week, obviously we have our show, uh, hit the horn. Our TCU podcast comes out on Mondays, uh, early in the week. Usually we also have, uh, Andy's show here, rock chalk podcasts. Uh, we'll get, Midwest Madness from Christine in the middle of the week. Uh, we get um, Raspy Voice Kids, our West Virginia show, throughout the week. And then uh, Fire the Cannon, our Texas show, throughout the week as well. Um, so make sure you're subscribed. We've got plenty of episodes still coming out. We've got another four episodes this week, I'm sure, because we're going to keep going through our our uh, Sell Me On episodes. Ah, so much to remember, guys. So much. Uh, the best way to make sure that you don't miss any of it is to follow us on Twitter at 10 Podcasts, subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts, and uh, and leave us a rating and review. Look, I may be biased, but I do not believe you will find better coverage of the network as a whole or as the of the conference as a whole than you will from this network as a whole. Whole thing. Not just this show, but all the shows we have and the shows that we will continue to add. So follow everybody, check everybody out, give everybody a try. Okay, just at least once. I think you'll really enjoy it. And, uh, and we'll be back again later this week. And we'll talk to you then. Podcast Network.